Governor could read this writing. Ifaristo. Ifari... Does that mean thank you? Oi! Fat boy. Ifari... Oh, dear, it's hopeless, isn't it? Honestly, it's like talking to the wall this morning. So he's written this down. I've got the, these two words. What did you Is it... me? Sorry? I've just said how, how thin you're looking this morning. Uh, how wonderful. Oh, I, thought, I thought I heard you say something else. With your Yasser Arafat scarf on <laughs> yet again. It's because my neck gets Typical really trouble in Egypt, and you're over here wearing that, isn't it? Perhaps we could send you over there and sort them all out very quickly. Have <laughs> you ever thought about going to charm school? Uh, I did, actually. I set one did up. You? The Steve Allen charm school. Hello, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> Always works a treat. Efaristo. Efcaristo. Sorry? F. Haristo. F. Haristo. Yeah, F. A bit guttural, isn't it? Oh, F. F. Haristo. F. Haristo. Yeah. And the other one, I think, is uh, Paracalo. 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 Oh, Paracalo. which means. Uh, you're welcome. Oh, good. Oh, good. I've got two. Oh, so. F. Haristo. F. Caristo. Oh, F. Caristo. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's kind of ha. It's that kind of. Right. F. Haristo. F. Oh, I need to write it down now. F. F. Haristo. 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 If I put a K in there, I might understand yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of. A and that means. Thank you. It means that. God, uh, two words in my vocabulary. I'm nearly fluent. <laughs> I'm a bit excited. F. Haristo. And Paracalo. 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 And he'll then say, so much mean, I'll go, Paracalo. Yeah. But then the trouble is, it's always followed up with something else. Now I have to go, listen, we must speak English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, oh, good, I've learned to. So you're learning Greek? Well, because my, well, my friend Michael's Greek. Oh, and, okay. and Tommy's Greek. And everybody's Greek. I know I'm loads. Greek. Are you? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'd never have guessed. Yeah, they're like Christian. And there are quite a number of people in the building who are, who are Greek. Yeah. And I don't speak anything. I can get by in German and a little bit of French, but Greek would be more useful. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. It is. Uh, Enepatatis Yes. Can yeah. I, you know what that okay. means? Yeah, no, but I have a horrible feeling that <laughs> somebody listening who's just thrown themselves off a motorway bridge. <laughs> yes, that's uh, one portion of chips, please. <laughs> one portion of chips. That'd be so funny just to learn that one phrase and saying, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's like when, when, when people... Well, there was a very funny joke, and I can't remember it, but it was something to do with... Peter Jones in Sloan Square. Right. And it was the way this woman said it, and it was, she was saying it to a taxi driver, and it <laughs> sounded very, very funny. And, uh, and I thought, what, what was the other one? She said, I'm, I'm always looking for, uh, to find happiness or something. <laughs> and they went, sorry? They went, I, I look for happiness. <laughs> and they went, what? And she went, no, happiness. <laughs> and I went, oh, right. And it was, it was one of those sort of funny little things. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, what's that? Oh, Jordan is divorced, isn't divorced, but they're going to make a story about her life in Hollywood. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> they're not really. I don't think so. I don't think Hollywood... Why would they be interested in something they've never heard of? I just hope we don't have to hear any more from Alex Reed. that's all. I mean... Do you know, when you look at picture of now, you suddenly think to yourself, I mean, A, we all thought it was a publicity stunt to start with. Secondly... He looks like a numpty to start with. How can you go out with a man who cross-dresses? Yeah. But badly. Yeah. Not even attractive. You know, different if you can go out and go, it's my sister. You know, as opposed to, it's my grandmother. It's like, oh, it's it's actually blatantly a man in a wig. (laughs) And and bad makeup. Yeah, really bad. Really, really bad makeup. And yet in Coronation Street, they're bringing in a transvestite. Are they? Yeah, and they've said, isn't it groundbreaking? I thought, well, we've got Hayley, who runs the cafe with Roy. But she's a transsexual, not a transvestite. Well, she's not. She's a woman. Yeah, but no, so if you're a woman, you're a transsexual. Right. If yes, you, but if, the funny so thing if with you her... you made the change, but if you just dress, but you're still your original uh, gender, you're transvestite. Can you imagine? You're so unattractive as an actress. They go, we'd like you to play a man <laughs> who, <laughs> who then has a sex change and becomes a woman. And she goes, well, would it not be better to find a man who has a sex change? And they go, no, because we think you're unattractive. <laughs> yeah, we think that you're, you're actually going to be better for it. It's awful, isn't it, really? Yeah. So they're going to bring in the bloke from Butterflies. 
If you remember Butterflies with Wendy yeah. Craig, he played the oldest son, Andrew, his name was. Andrew. Oh, Hall. he was in it. He was in it uh, a couple of days ago. Well, you're, you're, you're seeing him in a frock very shortly. Really? Yes. He was uh, Rulelenska's, because she's in it now, Rulelenska. Younger, so right. And she and is she plays, in permanently? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think she's just signed to do loads. I of loved more. her and Audrey together. I thought that was really. Yeah, good. well, they've, they've got loads of scenes, yeah. and he he's and you recognised him. He's playing yes. um, her new boyfriend. And who was his brother in Butterflies? Uh, Nicholas Lindhurst. Nicholas Lindhurst, exactly. Yeah. And uh, of course, but the Dolly Parton version of that theme tune is much better than the actual one that was on the. Oh yeah. Yeah, Dolly Parton sang Butterflies. Love is like a and butterfly. And she does that beautifully. My favourite Dolly Parton was me and little Andy. Oh, I've remember the story of the, of the little kid? Late one night I heard a dog, <laughs> I heard a dog a barking. And it turns out she's sitting in this log cabin, the snow's coming down, and, and she gets a knock on the door, and, and she opens the door and there's a little kid sitting there, she goes, ain't you got no gingerbread, <laughs> ain't you got no candy, ain't you got an extra bed for me and little Andy. And then, and then in the end they die. Oh. God knew that this little girl <laughs> and this puppy dog... And off they go up to heaven. Oh, Very funny. Why the Smoky Mountains, of course. Because she did grow up in a cabin, and they do have the cabin still. Well, at Christmas, one of the best purchases I made last Christmas was um, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers' Home for Christmas album. <laughs> it's amazing. How fab is that? Must be the only one I've not got. <laughs> no, must get it's got a picture of them on the front. Yeah, it's got a picture of them. Wearing winter outfits. Uh, yes. Ah! I think it might be the reflection of a bauble ah! with the two of them. It's amazing. Oh, that, I'll tell you what, I did something yesterday. I was, I was going through one of my phases where I thought, I'll, I'll nip onto eBay to see yeah. if I can find some old theatre posters, and there's a lot of old tat on there and there. And then I magically came across um, a Liberace doll in its box, never been removed, from 1986. Really? Buy it now, $39. But you did? Well, I didn't, because I'm not registered onto eBay, so I've, I've got no idea how to... And it comes from the States. OK, you should buy that. I should have bought you know, it, actually. You know who's just signed to, p- to play him in a movie? To play Liberace? Yeah, I've got a movie of his life. Um, it, it's quite good casting. Michael Douglas. Actually, he would be quite good. Yeah, he would be face. quite good. You could see it. Because, you know, I, I, I was one of the last people to do the trip around the museum before it closed. Oh, really? When we went to Vegas a short while ago, the museum was closed now. And we went there just, I think, the week before it closed. It's got his cars. It's split in a car park. Yeah. So you've got on one half, you've got all his cars and some of the pianos. Then the other side, you've got all the costumes. Wow. He was quite understated, though, wasn't he? Oh, very, <laughs> very. I mean, you'd never have known he was gay. Less is more. In fact, actually, strange enough, compared to the actor that we spoke to yesterday, who is very out as, as gay, mm. and we've spoken to Alan Carr, Liberace, even after he was dead, they were denying he was gay. <laughs> Seymour Heller was going, my client was not gay. Well, what did you think he was, sweet pea? I mean, it was just, it was Liberace's worst nightmare to be called gay. <laughs> and you think, but you're kind of dressed like that, but, but the contract stipulated that he had to be more outrageous each time round. Yeah. How he his did, mother never good... knew, poor, God yeah. bless her. God bless her, she must have been naive. He did a good job of being quite outrageous. Yeah, and very, very successful. I mean, I've, I've watched the DVDs, but the shows were cheap. Yeah. He, he was a bit like Elvis. Elvis did a cheap show. They had the backing band, they had the uh, the backing singers, and that was it. And Elvis came on. There was no big sort of puff of smoke they never had pyrotechnics. He just sort of walked on. Oh, see? She, 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 right. But you know what? Another one like that. Quite uncanny. Like... It was if El- Elvis was in the room. <laughs> 
was like ABBA. Oh, like, I watched a DVD of their concert once, and it was a bit broken. It as looks well. awful. Yeah, it? It you really know why? Because you look at them, and you suddenly think that nobody did the concerts which they do now. Yeah. So when you watch War of the Worlds, and this huge thing lurches up out of the audience, and it's, it's just not the same. It's not. It's like coming to one of my shows. Not that I'm doing any, but I mean, if I was doing a show, Are you doing you a know, show? No, no, heavens above, no, oh. no, no, no. Good grief! <laughs> you know, every morning, I keep thinking I'm hearing you saying something about a show. Sorry, you, do you mean this show? This show. I'm talking about this show. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting confused. Everybody's on diet, so you say you're on a diet, yeah, even though you were eating Chinese the other day. <laughs> I mean, how you can ever eat Chinese and then come in here and say I'm on a diet, because that's just taking the Michael. I mean, it's, it's a lovely thought, but it's so addictive, sweet and sour oh, chicken. Dear. I used to go out with my friend Jimmy, and we'd have sweet and sour chicken, sweet and sour pork, and we'd alternate with the, dipping it in. Oh, be a race, we'd go, oh, oh, the last one's in there. Would, would you like the last one? Hoping they'd say no. You know what I love a bit of is, is sesame prawn toast as well. Oh, oh and you know what? There used to be a, a, a Chinese around my way. They did sweet and sour chicken, but not in the balls. It was a flat piece of chicken, oh, battered, and then cut oh, into God. slices. Oh, it was delicious. That is delicious. It was really lovely. You've got to get the batter right. You've got to get the batter Oh, the batter's right. got to be right. Mm. It's like something you go and get a sausage in batter sometimes. It's got to be the right... If, yeah. if the batter's cheap and horrible, we, do, we don't touch it. Because the, the, the chicken balls I had the other night, I tried a new takeaway, yeah. and actually the batter... I did eat them all, but the batter of wasn't, wasn't quite ha, up to scratch. How churlish not to. <laughs> you can, you know the batter. Sometimes you, the, the batter is really good. Yeah. But the one where I go to locally on Brixton Hill, the batter's lovely. Is it really good? Yeah, Some of them actually got it right. There's a, there's a fish and chip shop in Richmond where the batter is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Really, really good. Yeah, and you think, oh, nice. I could just eat the batter. Oh, well, we'll go for a Chinese meal one day. Well, when you've lost the weight, yeah. Because <laughs> Dan upstairs, he's also on a diet. Is he? Yeah. How's it going? Well, it doesn't seem to be going too well. Oh. And yet, strange enough, Michael Trabulsi's eating a tin of pineapple every day. Is he? I don't think you're supposed to eat a tin of pineapple every day. I know, it's, it's supposed to be very good for your digestion, but, I mean, it's probably better than, yeah, probably, when well, no, he eats the chocolate as well. But he's, yeah, you sometimes, sometimes secretly he, he goes under, the, he's, he's a bit of a closet case with the, with the chocolate. Oh, is he? But he's eating pineapple every day. Never once offered me one of his pineapple chunks. Never oh. once. I've sat there, my tongue hanging out, going, I've just got a piece of pineapple. <laughs> you know, I'll you bring do. some pineapple in for you tomorrow. Yeah, OK. Well, la, 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 la. <laughs> Bye-bye. Great to see you. Yeah, did you sleep yeah. well yesterday? I did, actually. I'm Good. I'm staying in bed till 6 o'clock every You've day. You've got to do it. Yeah. Till 6 o'clock every day? Every day. What time do you go to bed? I, don't get to, I go to bed about 8, 8 a.m. What do you do between now... Oh, don't tell me, for God's sake. I'd rather not know. La, 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 la. See you later. He's doing a book on trees of the of the British Isles at the moment. So he goes out in the early hours of the morning when he finishes here and sketches trees. He's got a little pad that he got, and he sits down with his little easel, and he just draws trees, which is quite nice, isn't it? Anyway, loads of your texts and uh, emails. Oh, and a poem. A poem. And the papers. And we... Oh, and I'll tell you who was the winner of the Sunday iPad. Remember, we had the iPad. I said they go low. This one went low. Not quite as low as I would have expected, but certainly lower than many of you probably thought of. So uh, we'll, we'll come around to that in a moment. 84850, uk. Jonathan Levi will be here a little bit later on. And uh, the good news is that councils are thinking of taxing every new chicken, fish and chip shop and all the other ghastly places that are out there £1,000 so that they can call it a fat tax and wage the war on obesity. As if that's going to make the slightest difference. <laughs> Quarter past five. <laughs> These are the headlines you're waking up to after a week of protests. Egypt's president says he won't stand again for election and will go, but later this year. Demonstrators say that's not the answer they wanted. The Foreign Office has sent a plane to collect any British people still wanting to leave. 
Thousands of people in northeast Australia are leaving their homes as what's likely to be the country's worst ever cyclone gets closer. With winds of up to 175 miles an hour, it's due to hit Queensland this lunchtime and comes just weeks after severe flooding which left 35 people dead. Finally, hospitals have been told they could save half a billion pounds by shopping around for things a bit more. The reports found some hospitals are paying 50% more for the same medical equipment. Have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. Bit early, I know, but it, she'll find something somewhere, Lord knows, <laughs> from her gated estate and from the comfort of that wonderful oh, mansion that J. Louise lives in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, stuff. Biggest conversation with me, James O'Brien, this morning from 10. Right, so Sunday, Sunday, we do the, uh, the How Low. And it's an iPad. Now, normally on the iPads, you like the iPads. The iPads and the iPhones and the computer and all the stuff you really go for. But uh, the iPad, what did it go for? This is where you're going to kick yourself. Uh, it went for 70 pence. Seven, I mean, I'm uh, sick as a barrett afterwards. Uh, the bid was made by Sandra in London. Well done, Sandra. Huge round of applause. So she gets the iPad for 70 pence. She doesn't have to pay 70 pence. Although one time we used to do that. If you pay us 70 pence, we'll give you the iPad. Now I think we just give you the iPad. 70 pence is all she bid. Look at that. Nice round number. There'll be people listening going, I bid 71. I bid 71. I can't believe I've done 71. It's ridiculous. Uh, right, a couple of things to mention. First of all, we've got the, uh, the papers today. Stilettos, tone up your legs. That's the, that's the good news for ladies. Uh, also, uh, plunder at the petrol pumps, because they've said that petrol's going up again. There's no logical reason why it should go up again, but it's going to. Elton John, why becoming a dad is the most wonderful thing I've ever done. Well, I think you've done other things, I promise you. Uh, happy anniversary, you're divorced. This is Jordan, filing from divorce. And according to the Daily Star, uh, Jordan the movie is about to take place in Hollywood. Apparently, some uh, bizarre old crow... Sorry, some uh, Hollywood producer has read her diaries... Sorry, the made-up uh, bits of fiction that Jordan laughingly calls books, and, uh, and has said that it would make a great movie. But to be honest with you, I can't see why foul-mouthed, vile old bag, you know, taking it out on every single man she ever meets, would ever make a good movie. Unless they're going to call it Godzilla or Cruella de Vil 2. I can't think of any other reason why they'd be... Nobody knows who she is. She's not known over there at all. They have loads of people that look like her, and they call them trailer trash. And so they, they don't bother with them. They, they've said here, uh, this film will cover her rise to fame. <laughs> yeah. Flings with famous men. She hasn't had any. OK, unless you class Gareth Gates and Dwight York... Because that's about it. Every time you ever see anybody saying, oh, but she slept around, she hasn't. That's the whole joke about her. Everybody goes, oh, is she a sex... Well, actually, nobody ever says she's a sex symbol. They just go, God, you slept with... (laughs) Keep that quiet, I tell you. In fact, Gareth Gates tried to keep it quiet for quite a long while and got caught out, I'm afraid. He's going to talk about her marriage to Peter Andre and her doomed marriage to Alex. And this is going to make a Hollywood... Why anybody in Hollywood would be remotely interested in, in poor old Peter Andre... And Alex Reed. I mean, why would that make a film? It will tell of her liaison with pop stars. That'll be Gareth Gates. So we're going back, we're recycling already. TV legends, there aren't any. And football stars, Dwight York. OK, that's it. Including her infamous claim she had a saucy secret about David Beckham. Darling, we've all got saucy secrets about David Beckham. Jordan is also celebrating new TV and fashion deals. 
Who on earth would be interested in buying any fashion that she wears? She makes everything look cheap, poor soul. But anyway, that's it. By the way, if you're a celebrity listening at the moment and you're thinking of going to the Daybreak studio, bit of a mistake, I know, first time round, but they've got an infestation of fleas. The settee is covered. You know why? Because apparently a few people... uh, In fact, they have taken some dogs in there. Don't make me say it. They've... uh, Don't make me say it. No, because they have taken a number in and they've put them down there. And, of course, a lot of dogs carry fleas. And they've infested the sofa. So rather than get rid of the sofa, because they've run out of money, ever since they wasted it on two naff presenters, uh, they're keeping it in there. But they brought in people to try and solve the problem. My advice to any guest going in there is don't sit anywhere near the sofa. Fleas jump. I don't know if you've ever seen fleas, but they jump about 500 times their own height. And they can jump onto it. And once you've got them, oh, my godfathers. I didn't realise, and this is going to make you cringe this morning. But I was talking to my hairdresser, Mariusz, the other day, and they've had people in who've had nits. They've been... Cu- Seriously! They go to the hairdresser with nits. And and these aren't children. You know, sometimes kids get... Because once one kid gets it at school, they all get it, and so they have to, you know, do the... But these are adults with nits. And you think, Oh, my Godfather, how do you not know? You could see them in your hair crawling about. Oh, my goodness me. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, anyway, I've got a poem this morning. I've got a poem from... Uh, it's quite good, actually. This is called Steve Allen's Mermaid Cavalcade by Michael Dennis. He was sitting... He said it was a quiet day at work. He said, and this, this poem came to me while sitting at the rank waiting for a fair. It's not a very long poem, so obviously you don't have to wait very long for a, for a fair. And it goes, Saturday, Feb 26th, a host of listeners will mix. Mermaid Theatre, Puddle Dock, the show begins at three o'clock. Devotees of Steve Allen's show will come to see this seasoned pro. In sequid jackets, he'll engage and entertain us on the stage. With anecdotes, he will enthrall on things that drive him up the wall. Reality, non-entities and Z-lister celebrities. With fellow guests, he will indulge in conversation and divulge amusing stories from his past involving his supporting cast. To miss the show would be a sin. Be sure to get your order in. It doesn't pay to hang about as every ticket will sell out. Steve Allen's Mermaid Cavalcade, a veritable fun parade, an afternoon of merriment for all attending this event. That's very good, isn't it? I think that's very good, actually. Although, uh, I hate to tell you, but it's sold out. Uh, There is only one show left at the three o'clock show, so they've uh, put in a show at seven o'clock. In the evening... And you need to go... Now, for the lady who wrote in the other day saying she was in a wheelchair, we had the problem with the first show that they took out the wheelchair thing. But it's in for the seven o'clock show. OK, but there's only limited disabled space, as there is in most theatres, I'm afraid. But you, as opposed to going online and booking it, you need to phone up see tickets they, they can help you on that one. That's for those people who... We had a number of people in wheelchairs at the last time we were down there, which was... I can't remember when it was now. Christmas before... December. And uh, so there's another show gone on sale at seven o'clock for those people who want to go out and do some shopping and go for a meal and have a few drinky poos, you know. Uh, and then we'll have the surprise of who's doing the first half of the show. I'm, I'm not going to tell you, but you won't be disappointed. He's very, very good. Not from here. He said, not that it makes a difference. He's very, very good. So if you go to steveallenshow.com, details will be on there. Uh, with Nick Ferrari this morning, Lord Digby Jones. We'll be taking a look through the papers. How he's going to cope with Jordan the movie on the front page of the Daily Star, I've got no idea. Or happy anniversary, you're divorced, Jordan and Alex. Uh, because the, the uh, Egypt story's been shoved to little tiny... 
little tiny side bits, but there's some such good stories in the papers today. I mean, some such... I was going through earlier on. Apparently, they, well, they were doing a thing on the telly yesterday where they were showing some students situations at work and you had to decide what was appropriate behaviour and what was not appropriate behaviour. And on one case, um, on one particular scenario, there were two ladies standing in a doorway and a man went past and he put his hands on the woman's waist as he went round the back. Now, immediately, I went, inappropriate behaviour. 50% of the women on the panel went, oh, no, that was all right. And you think, you know, it, it was like exactly the same as that supermarket in Chiswick High Street that I went into. And the, one of the men on the tills came behind this other woman and gave her waist a squeeze. And I went, he's not supposed to do that. She said, do you not think so? I thought, you've either all got to be singing from the same hymn, hymn book or, or don't bother at all. Because it's sending out such a mixed message to stupid men who don't know. Apparently, wait for this one, if I say to her, you're hot... That's offensive. Women's groups in Australia have criticised a man who called a woman hot. In fact, he's in the Australian government. And they asked him about Shane Warne and his new love, Liz Hurley. And he went, who wouldn't envy him? She's hot. And women's groups have said, oh, how, how you know, much of a dinosaur is he? How arch-? I, thought, I thought that was a compliment. <laughs> I didn't realise. So I can't say you're hot anymore, OK? You're kind of lukewarm, which is probably even worse. That's worse, isn't it, if you say somebody is, is lukewarm. So I, 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 I seriously thought you, you, you probably could have got away with that one, but they are not totally convinced by it. They're not totally convinced. So you just have to be very, very careful. Talking of being careful, I don't know if you've eaten Toblerones recently, <laughs> or, or Yorkie bars, or Maltesers. If you've eaten Maltesers recently and you want to go to heaven and be with the baby Jesus, and you wouldn't want to tell a lie, even if you've got your fingers and your toes crossed, uh, what they've done is... They've taken out nine balls. So, in other words, they've, they've kept the same price, but there's nine less. If you, if you buy a Yorkie, that has gone down from 68 grams to 64 grams, and there's a 3p price increase. If you buy a Toblerone, they've taken one triangle off. So, in other words, they're ripping you off slowly. Dairy milk has got two fewer squares. Well, I don't know how these people know it, because I can look at a piece of chocolate, and I wouldn't know if it was the same size last year, or... or I really wouldn't know. I mean, I really wouldn't... I, mean, I feel a bit embarrassed that, you know, there are, that I did have a box of... Mal- well, sorry. I did have a box of Maltesers in the cupboard, and then I went to them yesterday, and, and, and they're not there anymore. And who would do something like that? Not only eat them all, but put the empty box back in. That's as bad as taking the after-eights, taking the after-eight out, and putting the empty wrapper back in the box. It's that annoying, I'm afraid. And it was, it was that annoying when I went to the cupboard and I thought, wait a minute, something looks not right about the Malteser box. Oh, I know. It doesn't have a wrapper on it because the wrapper is quite tightly fixed and I'd super glued this one on as well. And, and I, I thought, well, there's no wrapper on it. So as I slid the box out, something else struck me. It's not as heavy as the box would be normally because I'm a pretty good judge of character. I know exactly how much things weigh and I thought, that's funny. And the, and the top of the box is open. So I opened the top of the box and a, and a big tear welled up in my eyes. I suddenly realised that there wasn't even one Malteser left. Not even, and I, I turned it on the corner and I, peered, I got my torch out and I peered into each corner of the box and there was, and there was no, it was just no, no, no thing at all. It was absolutely terrible. So they went and she'd eaten them. So there you go. Uh, you, do you want an out now? Would you like an out now? Or would you? Uh, yes, I, I, I think you should. <laughs> 
Kiwi. Oh, it's every company, isn't it? I used to love that. I'll tell you where that came from, that Kiwi. It was the PG Tips advert where you had one of the... And it was the voice of, I think, I really handle it. Kiwi, tea, Mr Shifter. She used to say, which sounded a little bit, I'm afraid, like, I've had a bit of trouble, or Frank, it could be anybody. All, all my impressions, all my impressions sound exactly... It doesn't matter who it is, with the exception of Christine. Hi, you. Bleakly. It's the only one that sounds roughly like nobody you've ever heard of before, I'm afraid. Um, I've, I've often said that in the world of religion, you can trust nobody. It does get to that to that stage where you, you start wondering, you know, where you go. We, it always used to be the standard joke, and I, I promise you, it used to be a joke. You know, if you were in the choir, there was a very good chance of being groped by the vicar. That used to be a standard... Now, of course, it's become a reality. You know, it used to be a standard joke. They're all the little choir boys, you know, that's what they were there for and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then it started to become a reality... And we had all sorts of films portraying Catholic priests as, as people who were interfering with children. And the Catholic Church was covering it up and they didn't want anybody to know about it. And so they shoved them off somewhere else. And the BBC made documentaries and even they couldn't understand why nobody had ever done anything. And then the Pope, who'd remained very quiet for years and years, finally came out and said something. And you think, well, it's about time, but what about all these kids over the years? Now we found another one. There's another one in the papers today. I knew this one was going to go through, but I didn't know what the outcome was, so we never mentioned it before. But this is a person who has been honoured by Princess Anne for his work. Now, I don't think that means anything in this day and age. You know, it doesn't make any difference whether you've got awards as, as, as long as your arm and, and, you know, and you're a happily married man or you're this, that or the other. If, if you're an abuser, you're an abuser. This one, unfortunately, is one of Britain's most respected Muslim ministers. This man preyed on 12-year-old boys at the mosque. And last night, he was uh, behind bars for raping a boy of 12 and abusing another. Mohammed Hanif Khan preyed on the lads when they went to his mosque for religious lessons. Apparently, uh, Imam Khan play-wrestled with one lad and then raped him and said to... I mean, this, I can't even imagine this sort of language. You're my bitch. What... Is this normal language? I've never heard of that sort of language before. You're my bitch. I mean, you know, it sounds like something out of Little Britain. Doesn't quite sound right. But anyway, so he's, uh, he's behind bars now, convicted of rape and a sex act. But not just raping a, a 12-year-old. And this is a respected holy man. Terrible. Yesterday, well done, incidentally, you all managed to successfully crash the police website. Ah! I laughed. I la- we, knew it, we, knew, we knew it was going pear-shaped halfway through the programme when it started to become difficult to get on and people writing in saying, it was really difficult to get on. And then after the programme, we found it nigh on impossible. And it, it turns out that uh, something like 75,000 people an hour or a minute were going on to it and it just, the, the site couldn't handle it. Of course, I mean, I, I could have told them before that you really need to make sure that you've got huge capacity there to make sure that people can actually access it. Because Bridget put her postcode into the police website yesterday and found we had the grand total of one crime in the area. She said and it was a vehicle crime. Somebody put their, theirs in and came up with zero. Producer put hers in, came up with over a thousand. Ours was in Twickenham, where I am, uh, just under three hundred. And uh, and I wonder, wonder what you actually got yesterday. I wonder what you actually got yesterday because it, it seemed to be the the thing that everybody was fascinated. Let's find out what the crime's like in our area. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Louise says, I would love to come and see your live show, but I'm flying to Hong Kong on the 25th as part of my six-week holiday. Well, I think you should cancel it. Oh, it might be the only one this year. It might be the only show this year. So, 
you know, heavens and earth. You know, I'm not a well person now. Might be lucky to make it to Christmas. Cool, dear. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to book tickets for the second show pretty quickly, but, I mean, I'm, if I do the first show and I feel a bit queasy, who knows what could happen? Uh, Evita says, I love your Greek. I'm your uh, number one Greek fan. You put a smile on my face. Yesu, which is buying Greek. Yeah, Yesu, yes. <laughs> Christa will be funny in a minute going, I wish you'd stop doing Greek. It's so Somebody's going to ask you to say something in a minute. It's going to be so rude. I'm going to offend everybody. A bit like the Top Gear team have offended every Mexican. Have you heard that one? That they're in all the papers today, I'm afraid. I'll come to the story in a moment. Tony says, who in their right mind would watch a Katie film? Well, I should imagine the lawyers for Peter Andre and the lawyers for everybody else to make sure... I mean, because it's such a dull story. She's neither pleasant nor interesting. Uh, Steve, no doubt the show will go well, says Michael, and everybody have a good time. Um, Barbara says, oh, Steve, you are awful to about poor Katie Price like that, but I do like it. Uh, Steve, you were talking about a uh, secret tunnel in a house on Richmond Green. Richard Attenborough has one also, an internal air raid shelter. Yeah, the house that's, uh, that's got the secret tunnel, which is bricked up, but they say you can unblock it. Where it goes to, I've got no idea. There used to be a story about Richmond Green, that the reason they never built on Richmond Green is because it was consecrated ground and there were lots and lots of people buried underneath there. Because there used to be a palace at Richmond and the only bit surviving is the gatehouse, which forms part of another house. And apparently, I think Queen Anne or something, coming back, stayed in this place. And I'd love to have seen Richmond... Oh, I'd love to have seen Richmond Palace. I love anything like that. I really love anything like that. Vernon Kay, catchphrase... Go on, show us your bits. Go on, show us them. Because it's such a good catchphrase, it's really going to catch on. Apparently faces a challenge, because he wants to be the host of Strictly Come Dancing. To be honest with you, he's, he's not good enough as a television presenter. It's like all those silly people who give stuff to Dermot O'Dreary. He's not a good enough television presenter. If you put Dermot O'Dreary on a programme by himself, it would not rate. He just would... He, he's a bit Vernon Kay. He looks very pleasant. He's more than competent. But the sort of people watching television, I'm afraid, are not five years old. They're looking for something a bit more intelligent. And Vernon Kay used to be a model. Looks like a talking knitting pattern. You know, leave him on the, the pattern of the jumper and don't put him on the television. John Barrowman, they're saying, could do it. Now, John could do it... Got to discipline him a little bit, but I think he'd be fine there. Oh, and the good news is, you know that um, they were looking for a replacement for Paul O'Grady in the afternoon on Channel 4, and uh, there were stories that, oh, it was going to be Peter Andre, it was going to be... Um, Ver Vernon Kay was mooted, and who else? Melanie Sykes, and all of them. Unfortunately, nobody out of that little... Uh, coterie of, uh, of TV presenters got it. Instead, it's gone to... Fern Britain. Because Fern got twice the audience that everybody else did, so she gets the gig. I mean, I never, ever thought that you would ever give anything to Peter Andre. I mean, why would you ever? He's, he cannot present. He's, he's very sweet. And uh, here he is in the paper now. This is uh, Playboy uh, Mark Wright. Is it caught this week or was it next week? I can't remember, actually, for Mark Wright, who's in The Only Way is Essex. But they've done a double-page spread in The Sun today on He Tells All. I respect ladies. The number I've slept with isn't even in hundreds. Uh, he says, I've always wanted to be Ashley Cole. Now I date his ex. He went out with her for a week, darling. Only a week. And he says here, talk about delusion. Delusions. He says here, um, I think... Um, he says, I'd love to be a presenter. I want Dermot O'Leary's job on The X Factor. It's a big task, but it's the biggest show on the box. Darling, not a cat in hell's chance. I'm really sorry. But it gets worse. Big-headed and delusional and a bit thick. I used to be good in Dancing on Ice, as, and I'd play ice hockey. And I'd be great on EastEnders. I could play a bad boy. 
just like me. I mean, he really is poor soul. He's so delusional. It's embarrassing. Well, he's he's just a little numpty from Essex who's been in one one series of a programme where, I mean, he comes over as a complete prat. But he says, I used to act when I was young. Oh, darling, you're still acting every day now. We've watched you with your poor old grandmother dragging her about everywhere. I belonged to Sylvia Young's talent school for years and did loads of adverts. Really? I look forward to seeing those on the television. Perhaps they can find them. And he says, um, I, I, I want my life back. So Simon Cowell says he wants his life back, but I love celebrity. And this year, he's launching an official calendar and an aftershave. <laughs> so, it's, it's already February, so I don't know when you're going to be launching the calendar, Popsy, but I'm assuming perhaps later, perhaps for next year. If, of course, you think you're still going to be around next year. I'm not totally convinced you will be. Not totally convinced. We haven't actually seen any evidence of any talent. But there again, never, never shot poor old, uh, sort of, Jeff, Jeff Brazier. But he says loads of famous people come out of Essex. Chantel, Jade. And he, he's listed all these people, and we all go, what, all these thickos? We've got all these thick people, and that's, that's supposed to be a credit to Essex. Listen, everybody in Essex is going, oh, dear God in heaven. Don't come anywhere near us, mate. You're an embarrassment to everything. Uh, Will is in New York, says, I can reassure you on the subject of, of Jordan that we Americanos have no idea who or what she is. Well, we know who she is, we're not just not, not sure what she is, which is quite good. Uh, Glenn says, sounds a fine idea, the fat tax. Will it stop the proliferation of such gaffes? No. Will it reduce by one penny your council tax? Of course not. Will it give the council hierarchy a pay rise while they sack the lowest paid? Well, I don't think a thousand quid is going to make any difference to them, to be honest with you. Oh, we've got a mug this morning. Um... But I, I thought the fat tax, that's to stop many of these shops pouring it down the drains. That's what they do, because they, they're not making enough money to actually pay to have the fat taken away. We, we caught one near us, pouring it down the drain. And, uh, and we took photos to prove that they were pouring it down the drain. And the council in Twickenham had the audacity, I was assuming they were bent in there, to say, have you got a grudge against them? I said, they're pouring oil down the drains, we've got photos. How do you know it's them? And it was at that moment that you kind of realised that somebody's on a backhander in the council for turning a blind eye to this. Because otherwise, how on earth would people get away with it? They do, and they clog up the drains, and then you send them the bill afterwards, and you say, you pay it, we're going to take you to court. But uh, as I say, there's so many bent people in councils nowadays, I mean, it's, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Dawn is going to the London studios Wednesday, oh, tonight, to see the Graham Norton show. The guests are going to be Dame Helen Mirren. That's nice, that's nice. Uh, Emily Blunt... I don't know who Emily Blunt is, I'm afraid. She's an actress. She was in The Devil Wears Prada. And comedian Ed Byrne. We know Ed Byrne. And the boy band The Wanted will be performing a song. It's going to be aired this Friday, the show, at 10.35. Shall I see you're now selling tickets for the evening show at The Mermaid? You're going to be having a very busy day. I know. It it is quite a busy day. It is quite a busy day, but uh, we like it. But we've got so many good um, things to show you on the the show. So steveallenshow.com. For details. Uh, other emails which have flooded in. Um, quick message. Oh, Anne-Marie said, I've managed to bagsy... Se- Do you know bagsy? Does anybody ever say bagsy anymore? You know, you say, I bagsy that seat, bagsy that seat, because you, you, you jump on the school bus and go, I bagsy this one. Yeah, I, I bagsy this seat every day. She says, I bagsy this seat every day. Nobody ever says bagsy, do they? What does it mean? It means I've reserved it. I've bagsy a seat. It's just such an old-fashioned thing. But th- th- this is Anne-Marie, says, I've been a-, a huge fan of yours for ages and have podcasts ever since you started releasing them, because I can't pick up a good LBC signal over in Colchester. And I've wanted to come to a show since you started doing them, and I'm so happy now I've got the chance. Well, there you go. 
I shall wear a specially loud jacket just for you from Colchester. Because Colchester makes the papers today. Uh, unfortunately, probably for the wrong reason. And I might upset people in a moment. Not intentionally, but we've all got an opinion on it. And in fact, we might even put this out as a text and a tweet this morning. Because I'm sure you've all got a thought on this particular thing. And it involves a cemetery in Colchester. That's all I'll tell you. Uh, it involves a cemetery in Colchester, so I'll tell you about that in a moment. Uh, Charlie is over with Graham in uh, Miami, loving the weather, the beaches and the restaurants. And, uh, no, we've actually changed the first half of the show, Graham. It's not going to be the person we thought it was originally. It's going to be somebody else. But they're very, very good. Very, very good indeed. But tickets going fast. I didn't see the Betty Driver documentary. I only saw a little bit of it, but Paul loved it and said I really wasn't disappointed. You know what I watched? I watched the one about Elsa the lion. And I watched the fact that uh, the people who were with Elsa, uh, the woman was killed by somebody that she'd fired. And um, and the bloke, I can't remember their names at the moment, it'll come to me, uh, he was uh, killed by gunshot wounds. And they looked after Elsa. But boy, the lion that they used in the film turned on one of the kids one time. They, they, they took their eye. With, with lions, you've got to watch them. Because lions come up behind you. They attack from behind. And so I'll tell you the story of that in a moment. Plus the story of why some people in Colchester are up in arms. It's not pleasant, but after this. These are the headlines. Protesters in Egypt are still angry despite President Mubarak's promise to stand down later this year. They're demanding he goes immediately after days of anti-government protests. The most powerful cyclone in Australia's history is heading for Queensland. Thousands of people are being evacuated as the storm picks up speed. It comes just weeks after the region was hit by heavy floods. And the first newspaper to be published only on the iPad is being launched in New York today. The Daily is a joint venture between Apple and Rupert Murdoch's News Corporation. Let's have a check on the roads. Here she is again, Jay Louise. This conversation with me, Nick Ferrari, this morning from 7. So, here we are, and, uh, and we're in Colchester, and there's a graveyard, and it's Colchester Cemetery and Crematorium. The council have been down there, and they've had a look, and they think it looks like Poundland, because families have decorated benches, trees, in fact, just about every available space you can see, with plastic flowers, wind chimes everywhere. I've never seen... I mean, there must be 50 wind chimes in the, in the trees here... And uh, the councillor saying it's tacky. Now, the people who've got loved ones buried there. Now, this is not the first time that we've had a story like this. I remember after Baby P died and the papers printed where he was buried, the entire country turned up and deposited cuddly toys there. And all they do is they sit there and rot. And that's the problem. You remember when Diana died? I can remember going past Kensington Palace Gardens to see... Acres and acres and acres of flowers in plastic. Why people left them in plastic, goodness only knows. Because they rotted. £30 million worth of flowers sat there and rotted. And it just looked... And they had to bring in the council. So all the people who bought them for Diana, they just got thrown in the back of rubbish lorries. They, they, They just got rid of them. And so this particular cemetery... And I know, because where my parents are, and they're not buried, they're they're... That's where their ashes are scattered. But they have a rule in, in crematoriums that you can have a rose bush, and occasionally they might allow, and it seems very occasionally, because I've looked round, 
a little tiny teddy bear on a grave signifying it's a child's grave. Because, to be honest with you, one, once we die, we all become exactly the same person. I don't think we're, we're age... I don't, we're, I don't think we're anything at all. But in this particular cemetery, it does look as though it's got a bit over the top. And uh, one of the people has said the reason that there are wind chimes there and dolphins is because the girl who's buried there loved them. Which is fine, depending on what, on what you believe in. But the council have got rules about this. And so from March the 1st, they're taking them all down. They're all coming down. They're taking everything down. The wind chimes and everything. And they say you will be allowed two wind chimes and two solar lights on each grave. Vases and other ornaments will be permitted on, on headstone bases, as long as they don't spill onto the surrounding grass. But nothing can be planted in the borders around the gravestones. And the, the lady who's complaining has said it's wrong of the council to try and tell people how they should grieve. They're not... Te- the, 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 the problem is... You have to go back, don't you, to that old poem where they said, do not stand and grieve for I am not there. And, and it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. It, it does look, and if you look at the picture of the paper today, it is a collection of balloons. On one of them, there's a dartboard. You know, there's all sorts of stuff here. And it, for other people who maybe don't do this kind of thing, it, it doesn't look quite right. So the council have got rules, and they've decided that they're going to enforce them. Martin Hunt who's uh, the Basildon councillor responsible for the cemetery, says that the crackdown was approved following a consultation process with visitors. He said, We will continue to respect an individual's right to express their grief within the boundaries of the grave space. However, the removal of ornaments is necessary to allow funeral services to be conducted with the dignity uh, that they deserve and allow all mourners to grieve in peace. And I absolutely agree. If you look at some of the stuff on here, they've got, they've got lights bigger than the one outside my front door. I mean, absolutely enormous, these sort of big lanterns stuck in the ground. And, and they're saying, listen, it, it just looks not right. You know, and they put benches in, and they've gradually turned it into their own garden. Whereas, in fact, it's a cemetery for everybody. And so other people who go there, they'll be confronted by wind chimes. I mean, not everybody likes wind I happen to like wind chimes, but a lot of people don't like them. And when you've got, like, 40... It's supposed to be peaceful. The idea of a cemetery is that you sit there and, and you reflect depending on, on what your belief is. If you believe the person is still there, then fine. If you believe they've gone somewhere else, then you go into a church and pray, you know, and you light a candle. Sitting there listening to 50 wind chimes must be like, a cacof- must be like an orchestra tuning up. But she said she liked wind chimes. You're yeah, not 50 of them. Not 50 of them. So the council have clamped down. You have a look at the... Pe- you, might, you might decide, you know, if, if, if you're going to a cemetery. I mean, I, I like to see nice, neat cemeteries. I like to see everything laid out properly. And I know it's a fact that a lot of cemeteries, nobody visits. You go down, down to Chiswick Cemetery, where there's all sorts of famous people buried, and a lot of other cemeteries, they're in total disorder because nobody goes there. You know, families move away, and, and it just gets left. And so graves are all overgrown. In Twickenham, we've got a, an old graveyard from a long time ago. They've turned it into a kid's playground. And they've moved all the gravestones back around the wall. But as far as I'm concerned, I, mean, I don't know whether or not people are still under the ground. They can't be, I should imagine, if you're going to put a, a playground in. But, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. People go there for a while, and then they just stop going. That's why graves are never looked after now. You know, and I've, I've often thought it's a bit sad, sad but I, I do agree. This does look horrid. It doesn't look as a... I mean, it's, it's what they like, but the trouble is there are rules. And you have to abide by the rules. If, if you didn't want to abide by the rules and you would find out before, then you would be buried somewhere else where maybe they're, they're a bit more lax. And they say, yes, you can have a couple of teddy bears, but if everybody did it, it looks like a toy shop. So you, you've, you've just got to be... 
You've got to be tactful, I suppose. Everybody's got to be tactful. I'll tell you what I'm dreadfully bored with. Silly Alexandra Aitken. Silly, silly, silly. Me, 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 me. And uh, having flogged her dreary life story to Hello! magazine, she was always the buffoon of the Aitken family. Father, of course, in prison. And that's saying something. They're a pretty thick family. He's been in prison. You know, that's another one of my impressions, isn't it? They just don't go anywhere. But she was the... I think, was it Alexandra? She's got another sister. And, and they tried to make out she was a rapper. I mean, either her or the sister. Whatever they were, they were stupid. They just looked a bit stupid. Anyway, she's, she, she goes to Amritsar, the Golden Temple, and she meets a man who's a Sikh. And for the first week, they don't say anything. They just sit there being spiritual. Because you know what these sort of girls are like? They're sort of the okay, you know, like debutantes. Okay, like sitting on a mountain. It's like, okay, I'm in touch with everything. Okay, anybody got a hand mirror? You know, and it's, it's a bit like that. And so for a week they don't say anything. And then the next week they decide to get married. And then, you know, I should imagine he's sort of thinking, what are we doing? I'm, I'm selling this to, uh, uh, to Hello magazine, okay? Uh, because I'm, I'm like a celebrity in, in England. No, you're not, dear. You're a prat. You're a prat. And so we've, I'm sick to death of reading this stupid... I mean, it'll last five minutes... Because as anybody who's been married will tell you, that it all goes horribly wrong when you start talking. And frankly, if ever you've listened to her talking, you realise numpty all over a numpty. They, they've got this sort of desperate streak, haven't they? It's this desperation to try and be noticed. So I'm going to... So you take your husband, who's got no idea about this, and the next thing, they're photographed for Hello! magazine, for their 30 pieces of silver. I mean, it's just atrocious. It really is. So, frankly, Alexandra, we all wish you'd disappear off, I'm afraid, and uh, and stay off. I don't want to tell you about the husky story. I do want to tell you about Kim. Kim Kim worked in a shop. She worked in a chemist, Kim Perez. Kim Perez is 43 now. And she worked in a shop in a really sort of, you know, dead-end part of town. And she decided, I'm going to get me a millionaire. So she uh, changed her appearance... She maxed out her credit card, got hair extensions. She read every magazine on how to snare a millionaire. Uh, started talking about all the right places to go to, and uh, and uh, started behaving properly. Bought herself. She could only afford a nice shirt and and a tailored suit, and she got a bag. It does sound like a film, and you've got a horrible feeling it's probably going to be made into one. And um, she reinvented herself, a little bit like Trudy Styler. Trudy Styler, council house girl. Marries Sting, starts being a little bit grand, as if they don't want to acknowledge their humble beginnings. And this girl obviously felt so... You know, to be honest with you, she said, you know, I didn't tell my husband to be, because they, they, they went out, uh, she, she met this, this millionaire, and, uh, and she did very well. But now she's talking about it, because her ego is such that she just can't get on with her life. She has to sort of... She had to take him back there, and then she had to tell the Daily Mail... To be honest with you, I'm looking at her thinking, you're just a gold digger, dear. You're just a gold digger. And that's what the male have said today. Is she smart or a shameless gold digger? No, I mean, she's both. She's quite smart for doing it. If he wants to go for that, that's fine. But in fact, she, she took him back to where she was brought up. And he said, the only thing he said to her was, let's get the hell out of here. So, in other words, she sort of had to reinvent herself. But as I say, you, you, you can take Essex out of the girl, but you can't take the girl out of Essex. It's a little bit like, you know, people trying to sort of elevate... A bit like Heather Mills. Heather Mills trying to sort of reinvent herself, you know, which is a bit difficult when everything she's done is, is always been documented. And now she's got a bit of money. You know, now she can sort of try and reinvent and do this and do that. And, of course, I'm, you know, I'm caring and I do it. And you think, oh, shut up. And this one, exactly the same. Why do people feel the need to tell you about their, their boring life? I don't care. I don't care that she's managed to find somebody. I'd have thought you'd be smarter if you kept it quiet. 
But apparently she hasn't told any of his friends. Do you not kind of think, darling, that they're going to maybe open up the paper and find out exactly what you are and go to him? Ditch. Ditch. Quick as possible. You know, because, because she's, she's basically lied to get where she is today. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, another one here. They're talking about the, uh, the, the wedding. Oh, the wedding. For, I'm so looking forward to this wedding. I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the fact that they're not going to be inviting Paul McCartney. They'll probably invite Elton John and his uh, boyfriend. Sorry, partner. You don't say boyfriend anymore. Now we say partner. And their new uh, addition to the family. But as far as we know... No Peter Andre, no no Chantel Houghton, no Rav Wilding, no no Kerry Coke Toner. None of these people will be invited to the royal wedding. I stand a better chance, and you do as well, of going there. And the other thing that poor old Katie Price has done, she's straightened her little girl's hair. And all the experts have said today it is absolutely not the dumb thing to do. If a girl has got naturally curly hair, you do not weaken it at that age by straightening it. It is not very good, and so they've got all the verdicts from all the experts saying you shouldn't have done it. If... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Wednesday morning, Feb 2, already. Doesn't seem possible, does it? Feb the 2nd. My goodness. I think I'll leave the decorations up this year. There's no point in taking the blooming things down, because they're going to be going up again very shortly. Morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Are you better? I'm much better. Thank you very much. Than last week. You had the 48-hour flu bug or bug or... 48-hour flu bug. Was it horrid? Horrible being sick. Oh, see, I don't like being sick. I'm not, I hate in being fact, sick. I've been sick for so long. No, me neither. I, in like fact, years. I, I will crawl time, naked outside yeah. the flat to stop being sick. It was the first time I've been sick for years and oh. years and years. I could hardly remember Oh, the last time I was actually physically oh, sick. Oh, isn't it funny how, how some people can do it and some people can't? And I'm one of those who can't. I remember waking my parents up when I was about 14, 15 and thinking, you know, you wake up the night and you go, what if I'm going to be sick? So I suppose you go into the bathroom where you stand there for what seems like an eternity. Yeah. And nothing seems to happen. And there's that moment just I know. before you're sick when you feel that you're just about to I went to, to woke sick. my parents up. I went, Mum. She went, yes, are they going to be sick? She said, what are you standing here for? <laughs> I just wanted to tell somebody, <laughs> as you do when you're a kid. But then a few years later, after you've had, you know, age 15, 16, five pints of Stella and a portion not of me. chips... And you have a not ta- me. Not me. Five pints of Stella? tactical chanda. Oh, no. Definitely not. Did you not do so, tactical channels? No, didn't do anything like that at all. So anyway, I don't know if you saw the, the Betty Driver documentary. This is this is Betty Turpin from Coronation Street. Well, a good friend of mine on ITV made it, but I haven't actually right. yet seen it. It's You suddenly realise that she, she's actually getting on a bit now. She's, what, 90-something? Yeah. And, and it's a bit more difficult for her to get to the studio, but she has a driver and he looks after her and that kind of stuff. But she's done loads of things. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, she's she's been a, she's been around. So it goes to prove, you know, age is is not a bar to being on on television or having a very successful career. Certainly and, not in soaps and dramas. No, is no, it? no. She did a series with Arthur Lowe, mm. which I mean, I, I, Arthur Lowe did lots of. I used to love Arthur Lowe, but again, apparently he had a very pushy wife, who used to sit there and make sure that everything was sort of as as it was. And he, he's turned up in a few things. And uh, Paul says, maybe the likes of Miss Price and some of her other so-called celebrities could take a few lessons from her. I don't think you'll ever see her like again, I'm afraid. She's, she's from a different, different generation. Yeah. Different. Uh, Elton John talking about be- being a dad. You can't shut him up now. And I suddenly realise why. He's promoting a film. Oh, the, the one that's taken about 15 years to make. That's right, yes. And they, they had the premiere, I think, in Leicester Square. And it's called Nomeo and Juliet. Sounds absolutely awful. I don't even know what it is. It's, it's a modern-day Romeo and Juliet. But we're about garden gnomes. Sorry? There's Nomeo. Oh, hence Nomeo. 
Yeah. About garden gnomes? It's about garden gnomes. I'm... <laughs> Barbara Windsor will kill me. I went to Barbara's place about five, six years ago, and I looked through the back, and I could see garden gnomes, and she said to me, they're not mine. She said, they're not, I'm looking after them for a friend, she said. They're my not fa- mine. My father-in-law likes gnomes. Really? He's got gnomes. He has got gnomes. He's got some gnomes. But, but, and people oh. who like gnomes yeah. have a thing about gnomes and what they're made of, and quality gnomes, and they go around looking for gnomes. We had a guy that used to work in our comprod department in another building a few years ago and his sideline was making stone gnomes and painting them and taking them to car boot sales and selling them yeah we avoided him we didn't talk to him we thought he was a bit peculiar and then sometimes they kidnap other people's gnomes yes take photographs of them and around the world <laughs> there was a gnome in i think stains and he went round the world yeah. and he would send a photo here i am by the sydney yeah. opera house <laughs> here i am on the great wall of china and we always thought it was some British Airways person who'd taken him off and yeah. flown him round. Why are they considered a bit... I mean, I'm sure we used to have one years ago, an old stone one in my grandmother's garden. He was never painted, but he must have been at one time. And then some of them had fishing rods. Some of them had very sinister faces. Very sinister faces. And, but I don't know what gnomes are. I mean, well, I, I like know our that... equivalent. I mean, if you go to Finland or something, they're really into trolls, aren't they? Yeah, but most people in Finland look like trolls. They do. You're hard pushed to find a Finnish person and a troll and, 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 and separate the two. They're, they're yeah. identical. Especially when they're in the woods in winter beating each other with birch sticks. It is a around. whole nation full of trolls. Yeah. We went, I know, because I went there and we were hard pushed to find anybody who was... I mean, I was the most attractive person there, yeah. which gives you an idea of the level. And they all like heavy metal. Yes. Yes. They're all wear, still wearing Black Sabbath T-shirts from yeah. the 1960s. Yeah, they are. And DM boots. And DM boots. And the girls have got piercings all over the place. Everybody looks everybody looks Camden Market. (laughs) It is. It's that's an interesting, yeah, very interesting analogy. Camden Market come to life. I I agree. Uh, Also, Bo Bo Derek was out the other day. Um, She was the eighties star. She's fifty-four. I can't believe she's only fifty-four. How can I be? Oh no, she's fifty-four. I mean, old people around. I thought she was sixty-something. Jane Fonda. She's seventy-three. Yeah, but she was a bit of a naughty person. She said, I want to be on the front of, is it Home and Living or whatever it was, natural. I don't want any airbrushing. I'm sick to death. This is the woman who only last year had cosmetic surgery. Yeah. Actress Jane Fonda's hit out at Hollywood's cult of perfection after demanding that a picture of her shouldn't be airbrushed for a glossy magazine cover. And there she is, airbrushed, primped and yeah. perfected, or you like. Not How your old- when she dies, because now they've amputated a leg... Right. So she's obviously going to fit in a smaller box. Uh, The gold-plated coffin company of America have offered her a gold-plated coffin. Oh. That's a cheery thought, isn't it, at 93? So she only got one leg now? Yes, they had to... Because they they, they did give her tablets, thinking that would sort of stop it, but unfortunately gangrene set in and the infection, so they had to amputate. But she's got the other one. Yeah, well, they they, they didn't tell her. I was was a bit naughty on the programme. They didn't tell her? Well, the, the, they didn't... Well, because she's 93, she was sedated, they didn't tell her. I said, well, she's going to find out, isn't she, when she gets out of bed and falls over? Yeah. I mean, that, that's going to happen. She tries to put one of her shoes Trying on. to put one of the shoes on and discovers, you know, a is pair it? of shoes is a waste of time. Yeah. But, but I mean, she's still alive against yeah. all the odds and against all the surgery, but they're, they're downsizing from the mansion. So what have they fitted, a hook? No, that's, that's an arm. That's an arm. What are they, what? I don't think they've fitted anything. 
not a prosthetic leg. Well, no, because you have to be taught how to use those. I used to go to Roehampton for my diabetes stuff, and that's where you go to get your webbing adjusted right. for all your artificial limbs. They have an artificial, big artificial limb department at Roehampton right. Hospital. So there's lots of people hopping over the road, falling over, standing up, falling over. Yeah. It's, it could take you for ages at a zebra crossing. Yeah. Sometimes you could be sitting there for... So it seems like days. I've opened sandwiches up before now. Yeah, no, but that's where you go to get your webbing done. Old hoppy. Yeah. I often think about that, thinking, actually. You know, when you were a kid, you sort of, you have to do the standing on one leg. Yeah. And you see how difficult it is. They had a guy on the television this morning, and what he could do in the sea, I've never seen, and I, I, I tried to do it as well with him, and I couldn't do it. And I'll tell you what it was after this. Biggest conversation with me, Nick Ferrari, this morning from seven. Morning, everybody. Nice to come. It's Wednesday morning in London town. First, I was sitting out in London town, actually. It's ever so cold at the moment. Ever so cold. So there's this bloke on the television, and they're in the Philippines, and he goes fishing. In fact, he spends most of his time fishing. In fact, his, his family, if they go back onto land, they get land sickness so, because they spend so much time on the boat. And he has perfected a technique of holding his breath. Underwater. Underwater. Not just underwater. He goes fishing underwater. He takes his boat out, in the middle of nowhere, and he psychs himself up. Almost gets himself into a bit of a trance, a bit like her first thing in the morning, and um, and he gets and they and they said uh, on on the on the, the the voiceover, try it yourself. So in other words, when he takes a breath, you take a breath, and so he sits there and he goes, <gasps> and then he slips beneath the waves and he goes down twenty meters. Blimey. Okay, halfway down, I'm I'm out. I'm out completely. I mean, I don't mm. have particularly good breathing anyway. So and then he gets to the bottom of the ocean. And he starts walking along. Walking along? He's walking along the bottom of the ocean with his spear gun, waiting to catch a fish. With nothing. He's got no mask. He's got nothing at all. With goggles on or his eyes No, open. nothing. No, nothing with at all. his eyes open? Yes. He, he can see perfectly well. He can see... In fact, he can see better underwater than he can on the top of it. What, without goggles? With, that, with nothing. <laughs> with nothing at all. And he can slow his heart rate down to something like 30 beats a minute. Armbands? So... No, no armbands. Okay. Not even a lilo. Right. And he, he walks along till he sees the fish, and he does, I think, on this particular one, it was five minutes. It's like a merman or something. Well, it's just unbelievable. And they said, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really unusual. But how, I mean, I've tried to hold my breath in the bath, and you can't do, do it for that. very long. I know, but do, do you lie back in the bath? I try to, and I know. hold my breath. And why people do that? Um... No. No. I don't know. I'm just asking. Oh, no, I don't know. No. Because did you ever be in the situation... You be in a situation where you're on the Titanic or something? <laughs> they go, do you want to hold your breath for about five hours? <laughs> and you go, not really. But I thought it was really clever. So he can hold his breath for five minutes and go walking yes. underwater. He can slow his heart fishes. rate down completely and he walks along the bottom of the sea. I mean, it's quite something to watch. But doesn't the water... How can you walk... Wouldn't you be... No, he, he, he does actually look as though he's sort of moving in slow motion. OK. It's, I mean, it's, it was that quite... Some... absolutely amazing. I know. There was, there was a woman I saw who was a free diver, and she could hold her breath yes. for ages. She's very... can't think of her name, but she was... There was a television programme about her. And, and they do the same thing, don't they? Yeah, they they slow their slow heart the, rate down. She could hold her breath for several minutes. We had a tortoise like that. Did you? He, he used to slow his heart rate right down in winter. And you put him in for hibernation. Yeah. And he would almost go... And I think that... Didn't they try that with... Was it crabs or something, which they actually put into a block of ice and froze? And it was able to take its body temperature right... D Why is my... Because I don't even like opening my eyes underwater without goggles. I, I could do that. Did you have a little thing with a ping-pong ball on the top? 
How useless was that when you were a kid? You know, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm diving for coral, Mum. Not really. You're in a swimming pool, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and you had the little ping-pong ball at the top. So if you went under the water, the ping-pong ball stopped the water coming down and drowning you. Always very useful, I think, when you're about 12 years old. And I was there in my little knitted swimming costume. So when I got out, the crotch was down by my feet. Yeah. <laughs> Did you snorkel in the swimming pool? No, we didn't. We didn't have money for snorkels. Yeah. I used to have a little blue uh, mask that went round, but I'm afraid it was only a cheap one because we didn't have any money. And it rusted. <laughs> the water gets in. The, ru- the water used to get in. It was a bit... In fact, I just sit there and the water would slowly fill up the front it was like a cartoon <laughs> i used to look ridiculous so you could so you could swim without goggles and yes. open your eyes yes i could open my eyes in a swimming pool and mm. in the sea as well chlorine gets in your eyes yes though, chlorine's terrible now. Nice. terrible uh right so scientists we have discovered have built an invisibility cloak it's a bit harry potter right and it can hide everyday objects and what it does it splits light so could you wear it when you go through one of those things at airports well i mean I think people can still see you, but at a certain angle, you vanish. Wow. And, and so I was like wondering, actually... Trick. Sorry? Like a magic it's trick. a bit like a magic trick. I was wondering, really, what you would like scientists to invent at home. I've come up with a few ideas in the studio, which are unrepeatable, and I was told you're not allowed to mention those. So, because I just thought it'd be useful for mankind yeah. and womankind. And um, mainly, probably, womankind. And so if you've got an idea of what you think you'd like scientists to invent, because it's all happening in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, we've got the iPad, the iPod Touch, iPhone, we've got everything now. I would like them to invent um, teleporting. Oh, can you imagine? I, a time, yeah, because, I mean, a time machine would be very popular. It would be confusing if people kept dotting around and But what was the argument over, over the Doctor Who thing? Is it, you know, when I mean, they say, can you go back in time? And I think, well, how can you? Because what we had isn't there anymore. It isn't there protected in time. Everything, so on this site, you could go back ten years... Remember when Michael J. Fox gets in the time machine with the Doc and Back to the Future? Yeah. He, sh- he shouldn't change things in the past because then it affects the present. That's right. You can't change, no. change it because otherwise you get into a terrible muddle now. I want to have a word with Jesus about that water-to-wine malarkey. You know, because I reckon I could do that quite well now yeah. and fool a lot more people. Yeah, but transatlantic flights and things would be a lot more bearable if you didn't have to... If you just if you could teleport. You just actually go into a machine at the airport and they push it, but they go, where do you want to go? And you go, Los Angeles. Ready, going, now. And then you just dematerialise and then and you... And then materialise. Like, like Star Trek. Yeah. And then you have you I'll come fa- out with your passport. I, I want to be invisible. I reckon I could have the most fun by being invisible. If you're invisible. Yes. 84850 or LBC973 is my tweet. Yes, if you can you imagine if you were invisible? That would be the amazing. fun you could have. Oh, I would like to tell you where I'd go first. But if you were, could you grab things? <laughs> Sorry? Could you grab things? Like, or a like bit like Ghost. Move things. No, well, in, in Ghost, invisible, but you can't he did actually, anything. he was able to move things because mm. he, he, he actually bumps him on the, on the station and this guy, and he says, how do you do that? How do you pick up the bottle cap? And he said, get off my train! That, that guy with the extraordinary face. Yes. Yeah, I like And him. he then, and he, he picks up the bottle cap and then eventually he mm. manages to pick it up. And then he walks through people. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, strangely, I've managed to sit on a settee and never fell through all the floors. <laughs> but I'd love to be invisible. Can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Oh, dear. I mean, you'd probably Think end up here. Where you go and what you could see. Yeah. And who couldn't... And then, yes. Climbing like H.G. Wells, The Invisible Man, all over again. Buckingham Palace and sit in on I don't him. know where I'd go first. Eating. Where would you go for... I mean, if, if they said you're right, for the rest of your life now, you're going to be... Inv- oh, it doesn't, doesn't even bear thinking about. I'd go and watch the Queen and Prince Philip have dinner. Or something like that. Listen to what they're talking should, about. Should we have onions today? <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if that would be the first place. I don't think that's very exciting, really. I think you can come up with something a bit better than that. Yeah, I'll have a think. I think so. I'd actually want to be in Jordan's bedroom. I'd just sit there on a couch making notes. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot about her and Simon Cowell. Is Simon Cowell sticking up for her, or is that all just sort of made up? I think what it is, somebody said, would you ever use Jordan on the x Factor?" And he's gone, well, you know, as Simon would. I've never heard him diss people completely. No, he doesn't really, does he? He he doesn't do that. He he probably said, yes, I I would consider that. Yeah. Which and he then would. the stories come out is that he's trying to... Yes. In, in, in the yeah. same way, the other day we had Peter Andre's been invited to the royal wedding. No, he's not. The royal people were very keen to point out. They've invited yeah. nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Lorraine says, what actually happens at your live shows? It's, it's a bit like a seance. A little bit like it. We all sit round and we, we dim the lights, light a candle, and we try and contact the other side. And, and sometimes a, we're successful. And then there's a cuddle party. And then there's a cuddle party afterwards, and you all bring your pyjamas and some soup. <laughs> Not really, no. Um, Nigel says, a tiny clue about who's starring with you at The Mermaid? No. No. It's pretty sweet. It's, 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 I've known him for a long time. He's very, very good at what he does, and I think that you'll all be amazed. Uh, Steve, I don't believe the story about the stilettos in the papers. A chiropodist told me high heels are not healthy for the feet and the toes... Oh, what is this? But they're very good for the legs. They, they make your legs stronger. The stiletto workout. That's yes. on page three of the Daily Express. Yes. But it gives the legs a great workout, makes them more shapely and toned. Is that true? Well, I've never worn them. I no. don't, I, you're asking the wrong person. Oh, yeah. Mm. She wears them all the time. Oh, oh Amanda's always To be honest, I've seen stilettos. her teetering around on a Friday night. Yeah. In, uh, Leicester Square. Or well, anywhere, really. Le- Legends in Romford. Yes, Legends in Romford. I think, she, I think she's more South End. Oh, really? She's more South, South End, yes. Maybe she goes to Mark Wright's club. I, I, th- I think she'd want to, mm. but I'd, I'd, they'd go, I don't think you're old enough to come in here, yeah. you know, and also a bit too intelligent. Uh, Jay says, I watched the programme about the lions, I found it so sad. Martine puts uh, on her mother's grave flowers, and I weed it, do it every two weeks. This is the picture in the paper today about the... Oh, of all the, the trinkets and things in the I graveyard. Think, to be honest with you, I think it is way too much. It's beginning to look like, an, uh, like, a, like a car boot sale. It's it's not it's it's all right for these people, but what about all the other people who've got relatives buried there who don't like this guy? You know, it's no good being selfish. You've got to got to think about everybody else. No gnomes. I think. Sorry, can't see any gnomes. I bet you'll find one somewhere. Probably I'm some. beginning to now think actually because I have looked. I've, I've got meerkats. I've yeah. got meerkats. Oh yeah. Which Corin and Tony yes. bought me. I've got meerkats. So the next ste- step probably from a meerkat it's, is a gnome. Absolutely. LBC ninety-seven point three. Do you remember the gnomes of Dulwich, Steve? Vaguely. I can't remember why I know the gnomes of Dulwich, but it vaguely rings a bell. I can't... It's an old television programme, that's all I remember. No, it's not the Wombles of Wimbledon. No, 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 I remember the Wombles of Wimbledon very, very well. Noreen asks if you're, f- if you're fully recovered. Fully recovered, thank fully you very recovered. much, Noreen. She said, so now you're doing an evening show on the 26th with your guest artiste. Mm. I know, I've n- I'm not telling anybody who it is. I'm keeping it uh, fairly close to my chest. 32AA. Uh, Brian said they're bringing out uh, volume two of the Best of the London Palladium on Amazon in the summer. Well, as soon as it comes out, let me know. I shall, I shall pre-order. I like that. So, what would you like scientists to invent? Because they've, uh, they've been, built this invisibility cloak. You can do it on aeroplanes. They can, they can cloak it. And all of a sudden the plane becomes invisible and there was a strange shape to it. Uh, this is done by splitting light. What would you like them to invent? You know, so like a time machine or something like that. Uh, we've all decided... I mean, I like the invisibility cloak. <laughs> I like the idea of just being able to sort of, you know, just be invisible. Just switch a button or do something. It'd be nice if they could invent food, really delicious food that didn't make you fat. 
Oh, oh, that's oh, actually, uh, you're quite right. Let's talk vanity first of all. Really, I would like something that tasty. gave me to- uh, you know, uh, something. You know, a, not a washboard stomach, but a completely a flat toned, completely flattened, toned. So you could just at one of the shows just rip your shirt open. Yeah, and you could see there's the rippling muscles. Yeah, but but what you would have to do in order to achieve that would be to eat this delicious food. Right. That was the treatment, which, which, which tasted of like egg and chips, or tasted of egg ham and, and chips, eggs. or ham and or or, or oh. you know apple crumble and custard, or oh, whatever. Oh, nice! But, uh, fish fingers and chips, oh, and peas, mushy peas. Oh but, no, no, no. no. Uh, but um, no. but the treatment was to eat that as much as you like, and then it gives you this lovely flat stomach. Right, that would be nice. If they can invent that. Oh, we all want that. Uh, the, the, there's another program which we think. Were uh, you in production with the Cougars? Oh uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm in production with OMG, right? With Peaches Geldof, the show that will make you say, "OMG, oh my god!" Yes, we're not going to give you any hints, <clears throat> but does one of them involve involve cougars? One of them might involve. You have to cougars. explain to my audience, many of whom are cougars. A cougar is a sexually confident and attractive older woman. Uh, a puma. Sit down. Da- sorry, sit down. Okay, mm. don't stand up. Not for you. A puma is between thirty and forty. A cougar is between down. 40 and 60. Yeah. And a cougar, like the uh, show, there's a TV show called Cougar Town, um, which was about American cougars. And right. uh, we're doing uh, an item and with British English cougars. Right. Uh, and in America, they have these things called cougar conventions, where lots of cougars from a state will come together and uh, all the cougars will be around. And they have lots of cubs, and cubs are young men that like cougars, and cougars like cubs. And the cubs walk around, <laughs> and the cubs are given lots of gold coins, and the cougars have glasses, and they walk around, and the cubs that like the look and, and talk to and rather find very attractive a particular cougar puts the gold coin in her glass. And at the end of the night, the cougar with the most gold coins in her glass is crowned Queen Cougar. Right. And then she gets to go home with somebody. She gets to go home with whoever she wants. Right. Any of the cubs. Because to be honest with you, if, if, if I was a cub, and yeah, I could be if I wanted to be, you know, and I was given some gold coins, I'd be out the door straight away with the gold coins. You're seven I wouldn't years, be hanging around. seven years too old to be a cub. You have to be th- under 30. No, you're oh, 39, 37. Th- th- 39. Well, you're nine years too old. You have to be under, th- under 30 oh. to be a cub. Want to be a cub? Yeah, sorry. Counts you out as well next door, love. There you go. None of us are going anywhere, so just sitting at home doing tapestry cushion covers again, I suppose, for this weekend. Matt in Lewisham said he's wearing homemade goggles, this man who goes down. Oh. Just homemade goggles. Okay, right, fine. Robin wants a flying car. Oh, that'd be good. Yes, I... I, Especially... Yes, I mean, that would be good. I I saw a a Bruce Willis film the other night where he was whizzing around in a car that flew, and I don't know what the film was. It was was dreadful, but he was in a flying... Sorry, 12 monkeys? I don't know. It seemed to be set in the future. Police cars were just stopped in midair. I think that might be 12 monkeys. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Well, she knows that kind of thing. Uh, Evita says, I want to uh, invent the all-you-can-eat slimming pill. Oh, that would be excellent. That would be a winner, wouldn't it? Yeah. Sophie says, uh, I, I would love to stop time. Clive says what? It could be Fifth Element. Oh, uh, maybe. It, it has a woman mm-hmm. in it who's sort of... Surprise it. <laughs> I don't know why I mentioned that, actually, because I've just, just realised most <laughs> films have got women in them. <laughs> Unless they're a gay male film, in which case they don't have many women in them at all. <laughs> but this is, yes, there's a woman who falls onto the back seat of his car, that's all I can tell you. And he's obviously a taxi driver in it. Is that helping anybody? No? no. I think I'm facing the wrong way. Um, Sophie wants to stop time. Stop, stop time? Stop time. We'd all just For what be purpose? Sitting, sitting still, doing uh, nothing. Oh, everybody would be still, but you could walk amongst them. Oh. That'd be nice. I'd like to take people's clothes off and then put, put them in somebody else's clothes. <laughs> 
Yes, everybody's discovering a little bit peculiar in this. First of all, the invisibility cloak. Now I want to take people's clothes off. <laughs> sure sign I've reached that funny age, haven't I? Thank goodness. I was waiting for it to happen. Ray and Balham uh, loved your chat with Barry Cryer Sunday morning. He says, we've met him on a few occasions when we went to the lovely CAA with our dear departed friend Patrick Newley. Barry is a charming, <laughs> unassuming man with great talent. He is absolutely a great British... He's very, He's very, very unassuming. Yeah. He's really nice. Yeah. I can't... Him and Roy Hudd... You know, really, really lovely people, lovely yeah. people. And Pamela Cundell as well. Uh, I'm looking of, uh, at a tombstone here, and it's a BMW car. Oh. In East London, I think. And it's, it's got parking tickets on the front of it. <laughs> if, you, if you go to Russia, they have all the, the Russian mafia in one cemetery, and they've got a picture of them. On, on the gravestone, and they're all young, they're all about 22, 25, gunned down because oh. it's, it's so, so dreadful. Um, Dawn in Ryslip has managed to get herself 195 for the crime rate for her postcode. Did right. you put that in yesterday for yours? I haven't done it yet. No. It crashed, didn't it? It did. Yeah. She said, um, 195. I thought it was a good area, but I had been thinking it would be a bit more than that. She said it's 100 less than Twickenham. Yeah, all right. Don't we need to go into that. You're quite right, of course, it is 100 less. And, uh, Stephen Bridlington wants to know why Jordan's not started a fanzine. Is a fanzine a newspaper? A fan magazine. Oh, a fan magazine. I think they did have one, uh, but it, uh, it, it didn't work, or they didn't have enough time to do it, I'm afraid. Uh, if time travel were possible, time travellers would be here already, says Richard. Well, because they'd be coming back yeah. to see us. Yeah. Well. Unless they're keeping it secret. Perhaps they work for the government and they keep it. they're not telling us that they are time travellers. No, Where would you like disguise. to go back to, if you could go back? Um... I'd like to go back to um, Hampton Court at the time of Henry VIII. Oh, would you? Right. Would you like to be in the court or in Henry VIII's court? Because he didn't mix very much with all the people who came in for the food. Um, I'd like to be invisible so I could walk around all of it. You see? It's the invisible thing again. And then take people's clothes off. (laughs) No, no, you're nicking my ideas now. (laughs) This is my idea. On on the subject of the the graves I mentioned earlier, you've you've seen the pictures now. Yeah, of all the the ornaments. I mean, do you agree with me that it has gone a little bit over the top? It has gone a bit too far. It does look very tacky. Yes. It's like one of those, um, sometimes you see people's gardens in suburban areas with... ...full of, um... Wind chimes it shows that people... But she says, the, the councillor has said it looks like Poundland, but we think it's beautiful. But, unfortunately, it does look like Poundland. Yeah. But then, but there's nothing the matter with it being like Poundland, it's just that it's a cemetery. And there's other people buried there as well, and they don't want to go there and listen to wind chimes. Lovely though they might be, I'm afraid. There's too many wind chimes. The thing is with the wind chime, yeah. is that you... Just a, two or three are quite nice, but there, there must be at least 50 wind chimes. Yes. I mean, it would be very noisy. It, yes, and also, I mean, it, it's supposed to be quiet in there. It's supposed to be reflective. And if I, if I was going there and you've got wind chimes going, I'm thinking... Constant uh, clinking. Yes, I, I don't want my, my relatives buried there, I'm afraid. No. Not particularly good. Uh, other stories in the, uh, the papers today. Oh, credit card rates hitting a new high. 18.9%. I don't know how they worked that out on the government's figures. It's just ludicrous. Yeah. Although the one we saw the other day, Wonga, this one that used to be 3,200 and something percent, it's now 4,400 and something percent. Oh, it's unbelievable. And we sat there yesterday, mm-hmm. James O'Brien, and I went, it's 4,000 something. And he went, it's ludicrous. He said, but they're not supposed to be long-term loans. I said, but no. why is it the poor are always targeted? Well, they are, aren't they? The poor, you know, you have yeah. to, you, you get penalised, don't you? Not fair. Andrew Lloyd Webber's having a problem with a um, Muntjac deer overrunning <sighs> where he lives in Hampshire. Because he's got these special... Um, Turkish cats. The swimming cats. swim. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I went to see him at his... Um, and he showed me one of them in the swimming pool. 
swimming around. What, with goggles? No, no goggles. It just swims. Just swims, loves jumping. Oh. He's built a little <laughs> diving board for it. Yes. 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 For these Turkish swimming cats. And then it can get into the pool itself and then a special route out. Yeah. And they swim around. And they and go swimming. Yeah. And do they, do they shake themselves like. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, um, and, um, and, but, but, but he's got a problem with muntjac deer. Because they act, because they, 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 these cats catch them. Yeah. The, the, Apparently. Um, Yes, okay, caught very one strong. and cornered it with uh, with one of his dogs. Oh dear! We don't see many monk jack deer, but I'm told they're all over the place. Not in London. All we've got round here is foxes. Yeah. Oh, there's a terrible fox story. Yes, is that that poor woman? The woman being attacked. Yes. Um, and then there's this very very unpleasant looking snarling fox <laughs> in a photo. They always find a picture of a snarling fox. Very don't snarling they? and very evil looking. Yeah, you never have a picture of a fox sitting there going, hmm, so let me tell you <laughs> what a day I'm having. Exactly. Loving you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's never like Mary Poppins, is no. it, unfortunately? They're always snarling and they're about to drag you off. Yeah, about to drag you off. Little Miss, what's that story with the, the Jemima Puddle Duck? Oh, right. I, don't, I can't remember the story. I remember Jemima Puddle Duck. Jemima Puddle Duck goes into the forest and the fox... Um, it looks after her and gets her to lay some eggs for him, but oh, then yeah. he really just wants to catch her and eat her. Oh, that's that's not nice, is it? But then these friendly dogs find out that Jemima's been taken in by the evil fox and um, go and um, rip the fox apart and save Jemima. Sure sign you've got children, isn't it, really? Just sit down and read these Jemima Puddle Duck books. <laughs> Actually, strange enough, there was, there's a picture in last week's Country Life of a woman, and they were talking about strange relationships between animals, and she's got a Doberman, mm. and she had a black... A black hen, and the hen would go to sleep on the Doberman's feet, and they ate out of the same bowl, and, it, and they became really friendly until, sadly, the fox got the hen at Christmas. Oh, it had been dear. trying to get her for ages, and then got her at Christmas. Oh, no. And that's what happens out in the out in the countryside. Foxes do come around unless you've locked your hens up, as Uncle Hugh will tell you. You've got to watch the foxes. Quarter to seven. <laughs> News headlines with Sam. EC.co.uk forward slash podcasts and listen again. Small world. Actually, we suddenly worked out, with the help of Ron, uh, what the gnomes of Dulwich were. They were Terry Scott and Hugh Lloyd. A follow up series in colour from Hugh and I, the first series in colour. They were both gnomes. Oh. And I seem to remember they just sat in a garden wearing gnome outfits. <laughs> It seems a bit lame, but I promise you, Terry Scott and Hugh Lloyd were, were a force to be reckoned with a long time ago. The, the movie is The Fifth Element. Ah. The, the Fifth Element with the... I thought it was rubbish. Uh, I'd like scientists to invent instant water desalination. Well, I mean, it's a bit boring. It is a bit dull, isn't it, that? Well, yes, we think that's rubbish. We don't like that one at all. Anybody interested in time travel, please meet me here last Thursday. Thank you. That's very good. We like that one. And uh, Sharon says, I'd like to invent a remote control with a mute button to use when people are talking utter boring rubbish. No, but nobody ever talks boring rubbish. That, that's the trouble. Yeah. It's always interesting to somebody. Yeah. Always interesting. Uh, Steve, 39, ha, ha, ha. What? Well, I don't know what I, 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 that means. And somebody in Lee says, The Fifth Element is the film you're thinking of, which you're quite right, it was. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming it is, anyway. Cher Lloyd's dreams of conquering the US are in tatters last night after the Yanks blasted her as a trashy, low-rate, low-rent wannabe. Well, it only took him about five minutes to work out what we knew first time she was round. She's apparently supposed to be hosting, hosting my big, fat gypsy wedding because oh, apparently in her dim and distant past, her grandmother... Third time removed, twice around the block, and uh, here's my bicycle, give me a goldfish in a jar, is a Romany. Is a Romany. Yeah, but they're Irish travellers on that show, aren't they? 
Yes, but in fact, they, they've actually got an Irish traveller in one of the papers today from that show saying we're being portrayed in the wrong light oh. and we're not like that at all. I thought, which, which bit are you not like? And then Shane Ward's family are Irish travellers. Oh, yeah, and no, I think I, I didn't that. know that. Yeah, I, think I read that the paper, they're saying he's also going to be hosting a programme about gypsies. Why? Isn't that stereotyping? Yeah. But stereotype. But Cher, I mean, we always knew she wasn't going to make it in America because no. they have tons she of. Make it here. No. Well, put it way, if if Victoria Beckham can't make it as a singer over there, there's no chance for Cher Lloyd. No, no, no chance. chance. No good hanging around looking a bit dreary and being a bit temperamental. That's not going to get you anywhere in America. They've got a million and one people mm-hmm. like you parking cars. You've got to spend time in America, travelling around, yes. working at it. You can't just. Anyway, I think she thinks like like. Uh, Cheryl Cole, you go over there, you have a single with Will I Am, and then immediately you're, you're hosting the Oscars. You know, I heard the other day that um, so Piers Morgan's taken over from Larry King, yes, and we're led to believe over here that this is the, the most extraordinary promotion, that it's this amazing show, that Oprah Winfrey's the guest, that it's this huge thing. You know, the viewing figures for yes, the know. first show. With Oprah Winfrey, after all this fanfare, him going over there, and think of the size of America. Yeah. You know, you'd have thought maybe it would be sort of, I don't know, 30 million or 40 million people or whatever would, would tune into this mm-hmm. huge, huge, enormous show. Piers Morgan, the new face, the new Larry King. It was under 2 million yes. viewers. Yes. I mean, yeah. an art And it has, it has actually dropped. Sunday night. And then it dropped yes. to just over a million. I think because, and, 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 and the, the problem is, not, not with Piers Morgan, it's the fact the Americans have got a glut of these kind of shows. To interview Oprah Winfrey, OK, interesting to see what he's like. The critics over there are very harsh. They don't waste any time in the same way that on Broadway. They used to have the butcher of Broadway. If he gave a bad review to the show, they didn't open the next night. They would close it deliberately because there was no point in losing money. Frank, somebody's name was. And the same for the television reviewers. I, I, I predicted Piers will be back within the year. But Larry King obviously didn't get big audiences either. No, I think it was Why that we all... to believe that it's such a huge show if I nobody don't know. watches Well, it? didn't they say 300 million people would watch it worldwide? And we were all going, really? But we can't watch it here, can we? Um, I don't know. I yes, don't you know. must be to get CNN. Oh, it's on CNN? Yes, I think so, yes. But I know that Lord Sugar's well, been tweeting him backwards and forwards... Because Lord Sugar tweeted to him that I'd been I'd been mentioning him on the program, right? And uh, and Piers said, "Oh, good. Well, if, well St- Steve's been mentioning me. You know, I might as well give up now. You know, give it a few more months. Give it a few months, then then give up." I quite like Piers Morgan. I think he's a good interviewer. But I'm just I thought the audience. I just I was just confused by the size of the audience. I thought it would be huge. Yeah. I don't. I know anyway. that Celia, that the wife, is quite grateful he's actually away for so much time now. <laughs> That's always the best way to keep a marriage going. So keep him over there as long as possible. But it's the same with everybody. America. You're right. You need to go live there. That's why Cliff Richard never broke America. You have to go from state to state. You've got to work really yes. work at it. Yes. Otherwise, there's no, you don't break America just by being a little bit well known in LA no. and New York. No. You've got to travel across it, and it's a huge country. Although strangely enough, after all the debacle about Ricky Gervais and his hosting of the Golden Globes, they've asked him to do it next year, because the figures went up. So all those people here are going, oh, he's been rude and wicked. No, no, they love that kind of thing. It's all scripted. It's all scripted. There's nothing every that's not scripted. Every publicist and every lawyer would have poured over everything. Yeah. And all the, it's all so fake. We were actually talking to, uh, was it Louis Jordan the other day? Was it Louis Jordan? Who was in uh, Will and Grace who's in town at the moment, Leslie Jordan. Oh. And he was telling us that uh, that the four main cast members were their own little clique. So Will, Grace, 
uh, Jack and, and, the, uh, and then that Karen. Was Karen yeah. Yes, and they all had little meetings where they got group hugs and all the rest of it. And he said they were their own little thing. He said, but every single thing on Will and Grace was scripted. There were no ad libs, nothing. No. He said every, and I said I remember years ago Frankie Howard. We were, ooh, no, ooh, yeah, everything was written down. Yeah. Ooh, ah, ooh, Mrs. Yes, what you know? Ooh, titter. Ooh, no, yeah, yeah. everything written down. And learnt as a, learnt as a script. Yeah. It's like that on every single, any of those award shows, all the ad-lib bits, all the casual moments, yes. all the mistakes, they're all rehearsed. Do you know, if this show was scripted, ladies and gentlemen, it couldn't be any funnier if we tried. And sadly, we're not going to try anymore. We're going to have to go home. Uh, and while, whilst we sort of ponder on cougars and men being given gold coins... Because I've watched this very strange programme with a load of women and there's one poor man in the <coughs> middle... And he has to pick out which one he likes. And it's hosted by Paddy McGuinness, I think. Oh, Take Me Out. Take Me Out. I wish somebody would take that programme out. It's, it's just... Where do they get these people from? It's the new Blind Date. But it's not, because Blind Date was actually very... I liked Blind Date. Yeah. I really did. I mean, I thought most of them... I mean, it, it turned up some very interesting people. Yeah. I, I, I liked it a lot. Nice to see you back nice in uh, you. Fine Fettel. Fine Fettel. Fine, Fettel. And Jonathan Levi's back. Same time next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget, steveallenshow.com. If you want to know details of the, uh, of the new 7 o'clock show on the 26th. Uh, thank you to Michael Dennis. Thank you to you for all your uh, texts and emails and everything else. Nick and the team are with you after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. As I say, don't forget to podcast. Tell your friends. LBC 97.3. Before Nick and the team and a whole host of items. Here's Sam Pittis with the business.